I'm George Faust. And I'm Madeline Adams. And this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY presents Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Uh, hi, hello, and welcome into this edition of Inside Cajun Nation. I'm George Faust, as always, joined by Madeline Adams. A lot of basketball tonight, Madeline, on this show. And a lot of baseball talk mm -hmm. as the season only 33 days Ooh. away from opening nights. Can't wait. <laughs> That's right. First things first, though, the Cajun basketball program. UL suffered their first conference loss of the season Thursday night against UT Arlington, 83-73. The loss drops the Cajuns to 3-1 and one in conference play in eight and six overall. And despite the loss, Kobe Julian continues to be a bright spot for the Raging Cajuns. He poured in 20 points, converted eight of 15 shots and added five rebounds to go along with his scoring output. The Texas two-step continues as Louisiana will now travel to San Marcos to face Texas State 4 p.m. on Saturday. That's right. So they just wrapped that contest up as well. Meanwhile, the women's basketball program, uh, they got a great performance against Troy this week in a bit of a revenge game since Troy beat the Cajuns in the Sunbelt Championship last season. Paced by a trio of 20-point performers and an efficient night at the free throw line, Louisiana secured its first home win over Troy since February 11th. 2017, a 92-83 victory at the Cajun Dome on Thursday night. Head coach Gary Broadhead says the team is playing consistent. When we got here 10 years ago, we wasn't very consistent at nothing we did. Nothing, not going to class, not doing anything. And we, we worked really hard for five years to try to make these kids more consistent. And so they blessed because they came in a lot more consistent. So I think we were, I mean, if you look at the scores in each quarter and the way we were able to hold them off each quarter to be consistent. So I thought that was a big thing, you know, was, was we, you know, we, uh, we stuck to what we were really trying to do. And all righty, still to come on the show, we're going to talk some Cajun football. The new coaching staff is coming together. We'll talk more about that in 90 seconds. Stay with us. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. Welcome back to the show. George and Madeline rolling along this Sunday evening. Thanks so much for joining us for Agent Cajun Football. Hey, the final polls are out, and the Cajuns, for the second year in a row, have cracked the top 20. In the coaches' poll, they are number 18 in the AP poll. UL finishes this year as the highest ranked Sunbelt team at 16. The Cajuns have the longest win streak in the nation, 13 games in a row, suffered just one loss to Texas in that season opening game. The performance this season earned Billy Napier a job at Florida and the Cajuns hired Michael Desimo in his place. Coach Des is putting the finishing touches on his coaching staff this week, announcing Tim Leger as offensive coordinator. Coach Des on the staff he's putting together. Coach Leger is really good at, at organizing the offense and grouping things together and the way that we install it, the way that we teach it, the way we do those things. So I'm excited to see him um, kind of get his hands on it. I think there's, you know, some better ways we can do some things, the way we teach it, the way we install it. Um, you know, Coach Viator for me, um, I mean, that's, that's invaluable. Uh, just to be quite honest with you, uh, to have his experience. I mean, you got a room full of people that you trust, that you believe in. Everybody believes in each other, that we're all doing it for the right reasons together. Makes everything a lot easier. And, uh, you know, we got a room full of guys that, that I know are all ready to go out there and go do this thing together.
All right, so looking forward to that season, see what happens. More coming up on Cajun Nation after the break. George chats with UL baseball head coach Matt Deggs. You don't want to miss the conversation that's coming up in 90 seconds. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation, everybody. George Faust, pleased to be joined by the head baseball coach for the Raging Cajuns, Coach Matt Deggs. And Coach, uh, when you look at, uh, let's just talk, get, get right into it and talk a little bit about how the offseason went with regards to kind of getting your team prepared for this moment and getting set for the season. Uh, you played a couple of uh, teams in LSU and Northwestern State, performed pretty well I, I, from what I could gauge. Uh, how did you think the offseason went? It was a, it was very, I've, I've used this word a lot, George, uh, rewarding, uh, very rewarding fall. And we were able to get back to our roots a little bit and uh, try to establish, you know, a little, little bit more normalcy as far as how we go about doing things. And uh, for you to do that, you've got to have the personnel that, you know, you're accustomed to and, and uh, that can be coached by you and, and, and your staff. And so, uh you know, going into what's what's year three, which really feels a little bit like year one or two, uh, you know, when you factor in, in COVID and, and just everything that we've been through, uh, it was good to get back to running what we call the Omaha Cup, which is a 14-week competition. Uh, we were able to really serve the community. I think, you know, we wound up near the top in the fall of community service hours. The team is going to check in with another three-point one or two in the classroom and uh so we were just able to to have a very dynamic fall check a lot of boxes and uh it really start to establish our system uh you, you're right we did perform well against northwestern state uh you know pitched it extremely well defended well uh northwestern state's good they have some good arms uh they were they were really a tough test and we were able to to win both those games and and uh then come out against uh actually we played the 2014 team and uh in a, in a little inner squad and that that's always fun anytime we get to see those guys and get them around the team and uh you know they gave us a great game and then went over to LSU and uh, played all day, uh, maybe 16, 18 innings, something like that. And uh, LSU's good. Uh, they're going to be very offensive. Uh, obviously, they have a great coaching staff, a great head coach in Jay. Uh, but boy, we gave them a run for their money and had a lead in the in the what would be the eighth in both games, and just weren't able to hold it. But I think I was more encouraged by the fact that I think we scored 16, 17 runs on a day against some good arms. And so uh, just looking at it and, and looking at what we did this fall, I think we're going to be a little more offensive, a little a little more what people are accustomed to around here uh, with our offense. And so uh, that's been fun. Kids played hard. They, they love each other and, and got after it. I don't know what will happen, uh, you know, when the, when the bullets start flying for real, but they've been a, they've been fun to coach and uh, just absolutely gotten after it, both on and off the field. Uh, you talked a little bit about it seems like, uh, you know, year one or whatever, just because of the, the way the, the COVID has kind of hit you. Uh, you did just finish your first full season, so it's kind of uh, – uh, and, and you got this team to the semifinals of the Sunbelt Conference. It, what do you learn from, from that experience, and how, how do you – you know, catapult that into a Sun Belt championship 
into a regional appearance and, and a postseason NCAA appearance and getting to where you want to go? Well, I was just I was just probably got to play a full season, yeah. and which was nice. And in a lot of respects, last year was as difficult or more difficult than the first one, uh, just because of all the restrictions and the, the you know the uh, contact tracing and this and that and guys missing time and teams having to cancel or whatever it might be. Uh, and so when you when you really step back and look at it, and you go, wow, man, we got here under really tragic circumstances with coaches passing and uh, inherited a, a ball club that that needed to get better and uh, then get hit with a canceled season. And then the restrictions uh, the following year and to come out and, and win our division and, and really, you know, should win a semifinal game. Uh, and get to the finals, we have the winning run at second base with no outs. I mean, uh, in, in extra innings, that's that's just – that's got to be game, set, match. And so uh, you can look at it and go, man, you got to coach it better. Or you can look at it and go, maybe that's one of y'all's better jobs you did. I don't know. Uh, you know, I was disappointed for a lot of it, and I, you know, talking to my wife, and she's like, well, maybe you guys did a pretty good job. And, you know, getting to where you got and – Let's see if we can, you know, parlay that into something moving forward. You're going to have more personnel coming in. And uh, so that's kind of the way it's played out. And, and uh, you know, I think we've got some footing to build off of. And there's a lot of hunger. And uh, guys are eager to, to get this program where it needs to be. Coach, uh, obviously, you're going to hit a little more, you said, but uh, pitching is also very important, obviously. Uh, you have to replace a couple of guys. And, Arigetti and Cook, and how is that that kind of dynamic coming coming along? I don't know that you replace at, at our level, you know, arms of that magnitude every year. Uh, you know, I think Spence was a little bit of a dark horse. I don't know if anybody really saw that coming uh, from the standpoint of what he did, you know, early all the way through kind of the middle of the season. It was all American type stuff. Uh, and then you know, Cook realizing who he is and learning how to pitch with just tremendous stuff. Uh, that's hard to replace, but uh, added Coach Seth Thibodeau, who's come in as the associate head coach and uh, done a tremendous job coaching the pitchers and, and uh, got some good guys back and, and added a few and hit the transfer portal for a couple of guys. And and, you know, I think what you're going to see is a rock-solid, efficient, strike-pumping pitching staff that's not afraid to pitch off their fastball and, uh, you know, can force contact early in counts, fill their position, hold runners, all the stuff you look for. And uh, it's a tough staff. They've worked extremely hard. And I think they're going to be reliable and dependable. We, uh, what about uh, at catcher? You, you lose a guy like Drake and – you know, you you talked about it last year. Just the way he played the game, you really admired. And, and it's it, you know, is there another guy who who you've seen that maybe is stepping up to that position? Well, the the kind of year that that you know, Ozzy came in and made the most of his last year. Mm -hmm. And here's a guy that had been a good player for you know three four years, and uh, really came in and realized who he was and what he was all about realized his potential and, and, you know, had an opportunity and, and, and still playing in the New York Mets organization, which I'm really proud of. Uh, he was able to learn how to, uh, 
accentuate his leadership abilities and just kind of play fast, hard, and loose. And I think he obviously put together a tremendous season, and I think he had a lot of fun. Uh, you know, got got a little bit further in his master's degree and has a chance to play for a paycheck right now. Those type stories don't happen every year. And so uh, somebody's going to have to step up and, and uh, fill that spot. That's probably the biggest hole. Uh, and I think it's Julian Brock's turn. You know, we've had him. This is his third year. He's had limited time just because Sebastian Toro and year one and the season gets canceled. And uh, you look up and Sebastian uh, gets his degree, decides to stay in Puerto Rico with his girlfriend. Uh, you know, great kid. We wish him the best. Uh, and, and you replace him with Ozzy, who I had seen in Sam Houston State, but you really don't know. Uh, and just comes in and just grabs a hold of that thing and won't let go of it. Uh, so it's kind of tough luck for Julian. Uh, so he's waited his time and, and uh, he had a really good fall. You know, his biggest tool is he can throw and he's got a chance to really hit at a high level. Uh, and so it's, uh, it's, it's his job right now. And, and uh, I would really expect him to take off and run with it. He, everything's there for him to do the job. It's just a matter of getting confidence in game and, and running that pitching staff and, and, uh, you know, proven that he's the guy that can host the party back there. Cause really that's what you're looking for is in your catcher, you know, hitting is, is that's extra, that's gravy. You want a guy that can host a great party and make sure everybody uh, knows what they need to do and has fun doing it and, and sets and maintains a great tone. All right, coach, uh, hang tight. We'll, we're we're going to come back, talk a little more. I, I looked at that schedule and I'm like, Oh my goodness, that's going to be a lot of fun though to watch you guys play. And we're going to talk about Certainly. that when we, when we come back right here on Inside Cajun Nation. Don't go away. We're back. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. George Faust alongside Coach Matt Deggs from the Raging Cajun Baseball Program. And Coach, uh, when we left, I was talking about the schedule and the, the impressive teams that you guys have uh, decided to play this season. Uh, starting off with UC Irvine and uh, looking at the schedule, they're number 14 in the country at the moment. I know polls don't mean a whole lot. I understand how that works, but uh, that does indicate a decent ball club. And then uh, there's a lot of good quality opponents on your schedule. Uh, looking at the Round Rock Classic is Stanford and Indiana and Arkansas. Uh, just the overall strength of your schedule talk about that and the decisions to play some of the teams you've decided to play well i think that's the formula with rpi and and uh how much emphasis is put on rpi and and you you've uh, especially at, at being a a, a mid-major uh where we're in a good conference but it's not going to be in the top three or four or five conferences in the country uh it, it can get there uh, and so you've got to kind of create that with how you schedule. And, you know, there's a couple of different schools of thought. Well, let's rack up some wins before conference and just see if we can get there on wins. And, and the 2014 team was able to do that. That's kind of an anom anomaly uh, a lot of years. You're just not going to win all of them, although you go into it expecting to. Uh, and so you need to play a good balance of road games. You need to play some good RPIs, some teams that you know will go on and have really good years. And I think above and beyond that, George, as a competitor, nobody signed up for any gimmies. And uh, there's really no gimmies out there anymore. It's uh, baseball's crazy game. And so many schools have just really, really invested in baseball with 
facilities and coaches and uh, development. Uh, that those are few and far between. Uh, so uh, you know we're looking to be challenged every time we go out and uh, you get as sharp as we can get heading down the stretch. And so you're exactly right. It's a tough schedule. UCI is for real. Uh, they hit 300 as a ball club, 143 games, pitched it at a three. I think they filled it close to 980. Uh, they play with a lot of energy. Uh, they're very fundamental. They have our best hitter from a year ago and uh, Ben Fitzgerald over there who hit the transfer portal after the season and wound up there. So, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, – it's, it's going to be a really good challenge heading into that opening weekend. Yeah, it looks like the schedules – and that's just, that's just the first couple of weeks, man. And then you have Southern Miss – uh, coming to town, that's going to be – that's always a fun game, a fun series. Uh, and, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. We're excited U about U of H these. is coming in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a grinder now. And, and But it's, it's one that you have a chance uh, not only to win those series, obviously, but to get better. And the uh, name of our game, especially where we're at, is, hey, play great at the right time. And uh, if you can do that, you got a chance to be one of the last eight teams. Good stuff. Some uh, just just looking at some of the stats from uh, the off season, I I kind of pulled out a couple of guys that uh, I think are they look like they're playing pretty well. Uh, Tyler Robertson uh, and Carson Rockefort are, are those some guys that you're going to lean on? Uh, obviously, this year, when it comes to uh, just kind of leading this team. Most certainly. And Rocco's a special player. Uh, he had a tremendous fall. We've moved him from right field to first base, and uh, he's very versatile. Uh, Left-handed throw in first baseman. And, uh, had a great fall. Uh, backed it up off a, a great summer in Alaska. Uh, TR has put on, uh, Robertson's put on, I don't know, 15, 20 pounds of muscle. And uh, he was already, you know, six four, one. 90 and he's closer to 215 right now and just as fast and just as versatile and and really swung the bat you know that's the thing if he hits he'll play in the big leagues uh and so he's he's gotten better from that standpoint connor kemple had a tremendous fall uh obviously julian brock stood out i thought bobby leday had as good a fall as anybody offensively cj willis uh jonathan brandon you know, there's some returners that we leaned on a year ago that have a lot of experience. And then you've got some newcomers, you know, probably pound for pound. And one of the best players on the field is a freshman. He's a freshman shortstop for us, hitting a three-hole off ball, Kyle DeBarge out of, out of Barb High School. That's just a flat-out winner. He's in the Trahan, Bregman mold, you know, going to be 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and can really run and throw and, and swings a bat. And he's an exciting player. Uh, and, and we've got a transfer in from Texas Tech, Max Marshock, who's probably the best athlete on the team. If not, it's neck and neck between him and TR. Uh, you know, Heath Hood from uh, Tyler Junior College won a national championship last year, had a tremendous fall. Uh, yeah, you know, I could go on and on. They're going to have to prove it on the field. But, uh, you know, offensively, we've added some components where, we can really run. We've got some strength, and uh, they have an idea who they are, and they've they've played together. I, I'm curious to to ask you about this. I I've thought about it a couple of times since you've taken over the program, and, and it looked like the idea of getting a junior college kid as opposed to a kid right out of high school. What what's the advantage of of getting a, a junior college kid uh, as opposed to a, a freshman? 
coming out right out of high school. Well, especially from an offensive standpoint, the JC guys, you know, they just have more experience. And you know, hitting's one of those deals that you get better with age. You get better, uh, you know, the more bats you have under your belt. And, and so positionally, not so much on the mound, but positionally, uh, it's a, there's a pretty big difference a lot of times, unless you're just a really good freshman like Kyle DeBarge. Uh, you know, and, and we do. We have a couple of good freshmen. And, it, you know, ideally you would like to bring in probably uh, a little more freshmen uh, than you do JC guys. But when you're in a situation and, and you know, looking back to 13, 14, we were in a situation coming off 2012 where we were 23 and 30. And you're looking to turn that thing. Uh, JC's a lot of time are the, the quickest answer for that. And then you can kind of settle in. And, and sign your Gunner Leges and uh, Castles and guys like that that went on to have great four-year career, careers. Yeah, it, it, it's, I, it, I've always been intrigued by that kind of dynamic. I know there's, there's some, some – and you have a great uh, uh, junior college just up the road here, right? So with LSU units, so if, if they need if – if there's somebody there that that's uh, piqued your interest, it's easy to get to. Um, it, Obviously, uh, Coach Robe went into the Hall of Fame uh, recently. Uh, can you talk a little bit about just that and, and, and what that, uh, you know, his his legacy with regards to uh, what yeah. he was able to do? I mean, it's pretty amazing, you know. Uh, legacy is the word. It's And, you know, it's it's the future without you, but still impacted by you. And, and not everybody can pull that off. You know, when you've got to have your, your visitation in the Cajun dome, that's a pretty good indicator. You're, you're going to leave a, a legacy. And uh, it's not just one hall of fame. He's going into three of them this year. And he went into the UL hall of fame uh, this fall. He went into the ABCA, the world's largest uh, baseball coaches association. Uh just here in January, and then he's going into the Louisiana Hall of Fame as well. Uh, so it's uh, it's something that is, uh, you know, the, the, the way I, I describe Hall of Famers is can they tell the story of whatever you're in and, and, and have to mention you, you know? That's, that, to me, is a Hall of Famer. Can they tell the story of college baseball without mentioning Coach Rowe? I don't think so. Right. So that's that's what makes the most people they can. But you're not going to tell a story of, uh, you know, uh, Major League Baseball without mentioning uh, Casey Stingle or, or Jim Leland or, uh, you know, Tommy Lasorda, some of these these great managers. And, and the same thing with Coach Rowe. We made such an impact on so many people and it's reverberated so far that uh, he's a Hall of Famer. And that's pretty cool, and it's pretty special. I wish we'd have got to get up there. Like I said, my wife had back surgery, and and we've been dealing with some of that. But uh, you know, I'm I'm just uh, super proud to be able to say that we were very close and got to work for him, got to learn from him, and and uh, got to be impacted by him. Coach, thanks for the time. Appreciate it, and uh, look forward to chatting with you and covering you guys this season. Looking looking forward to that. Always good to see you, George. God all right. That, all right. That's that's uh, Coach Matt Deggs, and that's going to wrap it up here on Inside Cajun Nation. We'll see you next time right here on Inside Cajun Nation.